Section 1. The World's Need Multitudes in Distress When Christ saw the multitudes that gathered about him, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Christ saw the sickness, the sorrow, the want and degradation of the multitudes that thronged his steps. To him were presented the needs and woes of humanity throughout the world. Among the high and the low, the most honored and the most degraded, he beheld souls who were longing for the very blessing he had come to bring, souls who needed only a knowledge of his grace to become subjects of his kingdom. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew nine thirty six to 38 Today the same needs exist. The world is in need of workers who will labor as Christ did for the suffering and the sinful. There is indeed a multitude to be reached. The world is full of sickness, suffering, distress, and sin. It is full of those who need to be ministered unto, the weak, the helpless, the ignorant, the degraded. In the Path of Destruction Many of the youth of this generation, in the midst of churches, religious institutions, and professedly Christian homes, are choosing the path to destruction. Through intemperate habits they bring upon themselves disease, and through greed to obtain money for sinful indulgences they fall into dishonest practices. Health and character are ruined. Aliens from God and outcasts from society, these poor souls feel that they are without hope either for this life or for the life to come. The hearts of parents are broken. Men speak of these erring ones as hopeless. But God looks upon them with pitying tenderness. He understands all the circumstances that have led them to fall under temptation. This is a class that demands labor. Poverty and sin abound. Nigh and afar off are souls, not only the youth, but those of all ages, who are in poverty and distress, sunken in sin and weighed down with a sense of guilt, it is the work of God's servants to seek for these souls, to pray with them and for them, and lead them step by step to the Savior. But those who do not recognize the claims of God are not the only ones who are in distress and in need of help. In the world today, where selfishness, greed, and oppression rule, many of the Lord's true children are in need and affliction. In lowly, miserable places, surrounded with poverty, disease, and guilt, 
many are patiently bearing their own burden of suffering and trying to comfort the hopeless and sin-stricken about them. Many of them are almost unknown to the churches or to the ministers, but they are the Lord's lights shining amid the darkness. For these, the Lord has a special care, and He calls upon His people to be His helping hand in relieving their wants wherever there is a church. Special attention should be given to searching out this class and ministering to them. Needs of the rich. And while working for the poor, we should give attention also to the rich, whose souls are equally precious in the sight of God. Christ worked for all who would hear his word. He sought not only the publican and the outcast, but the rich and cultured Pharisee, the Jewish nobleman, and the Roman ruler. The wealthy man needs to be labored for in the love and fear of God. Too often he trusts in his riches and feels not his danger. The worldly possessions which the Lord has entrusted to men are often a source of great temptation. Thousands are thus led into sinful indulgences that confirm them in habits of intemperance and vice. Among the wretched victims of want and sin are found many who were once in possession of wealth. Men of different vocations and different stations in life have been overcome by the pollutions of the world, by the use of strong drink, by indulgence in the lusts of the flesh, and have fallen under temptation. While these fallen ones excite our pity and demand our help, should not some attention be given also to those who have not yet descended to these depths? but who are setting their feet in the same path? There are thousands occupying positions of honor and usefulness who are indulging habits that mean ruin to soul and body. Should not the most earnest effort be made to enlighten them? Ministers of the gospel, statesmen, authors, men of wealth and talent, men of vast business capacity and power for usefulness are in deadly peril because they do not see the necessity of strict temperance in all things. They need to have their attention called to the principles of temperance, not in a narrow or arbitrary way, but in the light of God's great purpose for humanity. Could the principles of true temperance be thus brought before them, there are very many of the higher classes who would recognize their value and give them a hearty acceptance. Durable Riches for Earthly Treasure There is another danger to which the wealthy classes are especially exposed. And here also is a field for the work of the medical missionary. Multitudes who are prosperous in the world and who never stoop to the common forms of vice are yet brought to destruction through the love of riches. 
absorbed in their worldly treasures. They are insensible to the claims of God and their needs of their fellow men. Instead of regarding their wealth as a talent to be used for the glory of God and the uplifting of humanity, they look upon it as a means of indulging and glorifying themselves. They add house to house and land to land. They fill their homes with luxuries, while want stalks the streets and all about them are human beings in misery and crime in disease and death. Those who thus give their lives to self-serving are developing in themselves not the attributes of God, but the attributes of Satan. These men are in need of the gospel. They need to have their eyes turned from the vanity of material things to behold the preciousness of the enduring riches they need to learn the joy of giving, the blessedness of being co-workers with God. Persons of this class are often the most difficult of access, but Christ will open ways whereby they may be reached. Let the wisest, the most trustful, the most hopeful laborers seek for these souls. With the wisdom and tact born of divine love, with the refinement and courtesy that result alone from the presence of Christ in the soul, let them work for those who, dazzled by the glitter of earthly riches, see not the glory of the heavenly treasure. Let the workers study the Bible with them, pressing sacred truth home to their hearts. Read to them the words of God, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The above quoted from 1 Corinthians 1, 30, Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, Ephesians 1, verse 7, and Philippians 4, 19. Such an appeal made in the Spirit of Christ will not be thought impertinent. It will impress the minds of many in the higher classes. By efforts put forth in wisdom and love, many a rich man may be awakened to a sense of his responsibility and his accountability to God. When it is made plain that the Lord expects them as his representatives to relieve suffering humanity, many will respond and will give of their means and their sympathy for the benefit of the poor. 
when their minds are thus drawn away from their own selfish interests, many will be led to surrender themselves to Christ. With their talents of influence and means, they will gladly unite in the work of beneficence with the humble missionary who was God's agent in their conversion. By a right use of their earthly treasure, they will lay up a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. They will secure for themselves the treasure that wisdom offers, even durable riches and righteousness.